Hello everyone, uh, I want to speak to you today about sanctification. Maybe you don't know what that means, but uh, but, it's, but I'll be explaining that but uh, in the sermon. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, the uh, scripture verse is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So, I want to start out by saying that this week I read a survey by the uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. It said that 60% of Americans say they are born-again Christians. While that number has declined in the last dozen years, it is still a majority of the population. Now, I have also read where one in five people you meet would be a Christian. Uh, so I really don't know what percentage that might be, but uh, anyway, that's not very many. Why then, if the majority of Americans are Christians, have we seen such a rapid decline in Christian values? Why are our, our uh, news stories so full of political scandals, our television entertainment so full of sinful trash, and why is drug use so prevalent, illegitimate birth so high, and divorces? Why? Well, I say that it's because so few Christians take their Christianity seriously. We Christians are so surrounded by, so, and so enmeshed in our uh, sinful culture that we are numb and passive to sin. We're no longer shocked by sin. If 60% have been saved, many, obviously, have not moved on to the sanctifying process in which God wants. Many Christians seem to believe that being saved is not the end, is the end, rather, and, and that that is all uh, the, a person has to do. They, like salvation, they like being saved, but going on to sanctification is not something in which they have much interest in. Now, many seem uh, like the, the little boy whose mother overheard her son saying his prayers one night. He prayed, God, if you don't make me a better boy, it's okay. I'm having a pretty good time just as I am. Well, that is, that's how many saved Christians act. The Bible tells us that God wants us to move forward after we accepted our salvation. Move on to sanctification. That's the word I'm going to speak to you about, sanctification. You see, in salvation, we are instantly separated 
from the eternal penalty of our sins through justification by faith. Justification is another doctrine that I maybe get into some other time, but uh, it basically means God looks at you just as you have never sinned once you accept Christ. However, God's pardoning our sins does not end God's saving work. You see, God means for salvation to be only the beginning of our time in him. After we're saved, we are to move on and embrace the Holy Spirit's progress, progressive work of sanctification. Paul said in his word, I was saved, I am saved, and I'm being saved. There's a process going on there. In Romans 12, I mentioned, it says "Be being transformed. What Paul is speaking of is is sanctification. The living sacrifice is living for God. It is doing God's work. You see, salvation is a new birth. Sanctification is growing, maturing after the new birth. Sanctification is a a lifelong uh, pursuit. Now, over in, in verse 1, I, I mentioned, it says, Present your body a living, sacri- living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Uh, many people accept Jesus uh, as their Savior and never learn how to live a life that honors him. But Paul encourages us to turn ourselves over to God each day, lay our wills at the altar before him, and ask him to use us for his glory and the good of his people. In in full trust and worship, we commit to obeying him, knowing that the Lord knows how best to lead us, no matter what happens. And in verse 2 there, I had read, it says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, such that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Transformation begins with our, our thinking and with conscience that are, that are committed to listening to and obeying God. Our minds are renewed as we study his word, and our hearts are changed as we submit to him. We do not merely try hard uh, to sin less. We learn to depend upon him, observe his commandments, and trust him to mold us into people who please him. It is then we discover how awesome it is to live in the center of his will because it is life at its very, very best. There's nothing in this world that can compare to it. And so salvation is an instant gift of God's love to you. Sanctification is the enduring gratitude of your love to him. 
Sanctification is simply living Christ. So, sanctification is discovering that heavenly manna that God wants to feed you. Sanctification is not only hearing the gospel, it's following the gospel. Sanctification is joining the Holy Spirit as it moves us on toward perfection. Paul wrote over in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in 21 through 24, I want to read to you. It says, uh, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in re- reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of uh, deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So what Paul means there in that verse 24, he tells us to put on the new self. He, he, he means that we have to make a conscious, moment-by-moment choice to depend upon the Spirit's power to transform us into the likeness of Christ. So salvation is an, an instant gift of God's love. Sanctification is, is us doing our part in loving him and growing in Christ. So sanctification is discovering that heavenly manna that I mentioned that God wants to, to feed you. Uh, it's not only uh, following the gospel, but it's following the movements of the Holy Spirit toward perfection in our lives. So Paul said in that in, in chapter 4 there in those verses I read, the old man, Paul writes about, reflects our ego, our natural self, our fleshly desire, and our, our corrupt Adam nature. So the new man is Christ-like. Paul just, so Paul describes the character and nature of the old man over in Colossians chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 5. It says, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self uh, with its evil practices. And then I want to jump over to verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3. It says, 
Um, let me go back to verse 10. It says here that you put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, slave, a free man, but Christ is all and, uh, and in all. And so in verse 12 it says, So as those who have been chosen of, the, of, of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so in this verse here, uh, 12, uh, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience do not automatically become our characteristics when we accept Jesus as our Savior. We have a responsibility to adopt these qualities, but we cannot do this on our own. As we surrender to the control of God's Spirit, He changes us so that our lives become a reflection of Christ, thus exemplifying each one of these qualities. Then he goes on to say in verse 13, uh, bearing one another, forgiving one another, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Behold, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So, concerning verse 16 Whatever we say to one another, whether we do so through sermons or lessons, testimonies, songs, or just casual conversation, should be with the purpose of spurring each other to love, spurring each other to love uh, God more. We cannot grow in our relationship with Jesus or mature in our walks without the uh, encouraging help and instructions of others. That's what Paul's saying in verse 16. In verse 17, he says, Whatever you do in word or deed, that do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so, sanctification is something that, again, you, you, you're saved, but you don't, Stop there. You 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 grow in Christ. That's reading your Bible, praying, going to church, uh, you know, Sunday school. These types of things uh, that God wants us to do, and therefore you will grow spiritually. And that's the point of not just stopping when you get saved. But there's more to it. Again, I said like Paul did. I am saved. I was saved. I am saved. And I'm being saved. And, we, and I thank you for listening.